Mel Tempest is known as a fitness business influencer, hands-on health club owner, ebook author, and presenter. Mel has known to be controversial, challenges the status quo, and lives outside the square. Her skill set is current on trends, savvy, and in demand. Her primary goal is to get more health club owners moving towards innovation, technology, and social media success. Her own success comes through tough and humble beginnings. Mel Tempest now presents to you the Gym Owners Podcast. More than just the business of fitness. Proudly supported by National Fitness Business Alliance. Good morning. This morning I'm speaking to Michelle Wright. Michelle Wright is the founder of the annual Women's Health and Fitness Summit. Brings together fitness professionals, women's health physiotherapists, exercise physiologists, allied health professionals. And what do they all have in common? They serve women. Good morning, Michelle. Hello, Mel. Please, please, please call me Mish. Mish, Mish. I get Mel, so yes, I will. I definitely will call you Mish. So how are you today? I'm good. You can call me Michelle if I've been naughty. I say that too. I say, yes, If I I only get Melinda from my husband and from my mother. (laughs) Yes, my mother calls me Michelle too. (laughs) There you go. So the Women's Health and Fitness Summit is coming up in October and I know that everybody's very, very excited about that. Can you please tell us the dates and the location of the summit? Sure. Well, it's the last weekend of October. Uh, so it's the 28th and the 29th, but we do have a couple of pre-summits happening on the Friday before, and it's being held this year at the beautiful Grand Hyatt, which is at the Paris end of Collins Street. It's really, really lovely. Um, and also they'll be doing all the catering, and uh, yeah, they've got a great gym there, uh, a great, great facility, it's really beautiful. Awesome. That sounds fantastic. Now, obviously, at the end of this morning's podcast, we'll give everybody the web details and direct details to get in contact with you if they have any questions. So what we'll do now is we'll get underway. Listen, Michelle, tell me, or Mish, tell me what issues in women's health are you seeing at the moment that are affecting women going to the gym or exercising outside? Sure. Well, um, I have been training women for, for a long time and I noticed that it was mainly women, older women coming to, to me mostly with incontinence, prolapse and these sort of issues. And it's been really interesting over the last five to eight years and um, pelvic girdle pain uh, and DRAM, which is the ripping of the abdominal muscle. And really, I'm seeing a real change in women working out what's happened to them quicker and doing it, doing, you know, getting onto it and finding out and wanting to know everything uh, that they, that they can about it. And also, you know, they want to exercise and most of them come to me because they feel unconfident about what to do and who to see and they don't, they might have had an experience in the gym or the personal trainer that has caused alarm bells for them, and so they're really, really unsure. Um, there's a big gap from the physio bed to the gym floor. 
All right. So, Michelle, do you think that the RTOs uh, are contributing to the lack of education towards women's health? Because let's face it, the majority of the, the personal training courses these days go for around 12 to 16 weeks. So do you feel that the, there's a lack of education in the initial training of our personal trainers? Without a doubt. And I think we have to realise that the education that we've all received, regardless of whether it's in a short course or, you know, my job that took a year to do part-time, is that the research that makes up the education package is basically on young men and it does not cater to women. And I have had many conversations with RTOs to try and all women's health out of special populations. I don't think we belong in special populations into the mainstream. And ideally, that's what I would like to see uh, happen, uh, that we have a better understanding that training women is not training little men. We have very distinct differences, anatomical, hormonal, and with our different life cycles, sorry, of pregnancy and postnatal pregnancy, postnatal pregnancy, postnatal menopause and postmenopause that uh, really need to have their own understanding. But the great thing is that it isn't rocket science. It's not difficult to learn the the modifications that you need or the awareness or assessment tools. They're really quite simple things that can make a huge difference to women collectively. Do you think that some of the women's health issues, the subjects as taboo, even in this modern day age? It's really interesting. I've been talking about incontinence for a long time. And I really have seen, again, in the last two, three years, it's hitting the mainstream a lot more. And But now it's about getting other things out there like prolapse. So if I write a blog, for example, and it has the word prolapse in it, that blog will have over 5,000 reads. So if you're writing a blog, um, there's obviously a lot of people looking for this information. And, and there is. Statistics tell us that around 50% of postnatal women experience prolapse. So this is significant. And just for the listeners, just in case they might not know what prolapse means, there's three kinds of prolapses, and that is uh, either the the bladder can fall out of place into the vagina wall and out, the uterus can fall down and out, or the bowel can push through the vaginal wall and out as well. So this makes an enormous implication for women's toileting habits, for pain, for their sex, for their um, how they exercise, how they lift heavy things, including like their children, uh, how they feel about themselves. So uh, this is a this is a really big issue, and I don't think this is being talked about enough. As well as I suppose the other thing with that, we all this is possibly centered around the idea that women have a weak pelvic floor, and it's a weakness that is causing discomfort uh, or pain or dysfunction. But we're seeing a lot more research going on. I'm not sure if we're seeing more or whether we're just becoming more aware of it. A woman with a hypertonic pelvic floor, and this is, uh, I just read an article publishing results, uh, research about a growing number of young women with pelvic floor dysfunction because of their overtrained abdominal, and that is causing a a hypertonicity within their core structure uh, with the 
and being unable to relax and that having an impact on pelvic floor. They might not have even had uh, children, but by suffering incontinence like what we would normally see or in the past have traditionally seen with women who have had children. So this is really worrying in our, in our Instagram age of, you know, your abs are often depicted as the, um, you know, the ideal of, of health and fitness when in fact it could actually be causing a lot of pain and discomfort or incontinence uh, for women as well. So something that you mentioned um, just a moment ago was that these issues can occur in women that um, haven't had children. Let's just take a step back. So we're in the era of uh, functional fitness. We're in the era of CrossFit. And we have an awful lot of women participating in outdoor events such as Spartans and uh, Miss Muddy. So it's great that the ladies are all into this. Let's let's be honest about it because we are we do need to encourage people to move, and and that's what we're in the industry for. So what are some of the precautions that let's say young girls in their early twenties can take? When they're training for these events, hopefully they won't become one of these women later on after they've had children or even before they've had children. That's such a good idea. That's such a good question, Mel. And also, I just want to reiterate that um, we do, my goal every day, everything I do is to keep women active and we should always be encouraging women to be active. And it's not to say that women can't do these types of exercises or activities, they love it, then we need to find a way to enable them to do it. However, one of the key key parts to avoiding dysfunction is to have that really good education of your own anatomy, education and understanding of your own anatomy. So understanding what it feels like or understanding how to recruit the pelvic floor and how to relax it as well. And when you have that is a key understanding because we researchers also shared the said that uh, lots of women believe that they're recruiting or using their pelvic floor and are in fact bearing down. The first rule number one would be have a really good understanding of how to recruit and to relax because relax just as important as it is with any other muscle. The other the second point I would like to say is that having an understanding of intra abdominal pressure. Unlike the male anatomy, we have an extra opening at the base of our pelvis and so if uh, it doesn't have a sphincter muscle, so if we don't deal with intra-abdominal pressure and we're well and we're adding extra pressure with lifting heavy weights or performing more high impact, then this may cause an, a, a negative impact. So a very simple way is to just remember to exhale on exertion. At least at the very least, try not to hold your breath. So exhaling on exertion is really, really key. And the third point I'd like to make is, is for women to start to tune into their menstrual cycle and their hormonal cycles. First of all, if you're if you've lost your um your period, then that needs to be addressed. And if there's significant pain, that needs to be addressed. And then understanding when the time is for you to maybe pull back on your training and go into recovery mode and the monthly cycle and when you can step it up um, and understand that is, is really key. So that's kind of three things that men don't really have to um, worry about so much. However, they can 
they can push themselves to prolapse as well, unfortunately, by not feeling living through abdominal pressure well and lifting and pushing weight it's too heavy for their body. But predominantly we're seeing it, it work negatively for women. Mish, just let me go back a moment. You said that women should be recovering at certain stages during their period. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So can you so tell the audience why? Well, we have different hormones that are released at different times and uh, throughout our monthly cycle, and that has an impact on how our muscles work and recruit. So it was actually really great. I don't know if you remember the Chinese Olympian swimmer who got out of the pool and said, I didn't swim my best, I just got my period. It kind of hit the mainstream, like, oh my goodness, she talked about her period, and what difference should that make? But actually, it makes a huge difference. You know, if you're tuning in, you you don't, your body actually tells you. So in the, in the day before, first couple of days, of course, there's a little bit of difference between each woman with their own, you know, hormonal adjustment. But we often don't feel like working out. We don't, you know, it doesn't feel great. We don't feel great. So that's the natural recovery time within our cycle. And then moving as the hormones change, then we're better at building muscle and strength gains um, further on. Now, I'm not the leading expert in this, um, but I can tell you someone who is, and that's Jessica Drummond. And I am incredibly excited to learn from her. She's coming over from the States, and she's presenting at the pre-summit as well as the summit. Uh, itself and she is one of the leading experts and she's really great resource she, she's a physiotherapist women's health physiotherapist and then has just gone back and done a doctorate in nutrition, in nutrition so she's going to be talking all about this and so I'm I'm really looking forward to learning more and, um, and because you know, new stuff is coming out all the time you know it's really great to keep updated. New stuff has to come out all the time with women's health, um, Mish, because, you know, the trends are changing all the time and we need to make sure that the information that we're giving out when uh, clubs are putting in some of these new programs that we're giving out the right information to women that do have health issues, which leads me to the next question. Now, this is a fairly lay question, but I know that there'll be a lot of trainers out there who um, have maybe just finished their course or who haven't had the privilege of learning more about women's health. And, th and this actually happened to me uh, last week. I had a lady come into my class and she came up to me and she said, look, um, this is the, the first time I've been to your class, but I've been to other gyms. And she was about to do a, a HIIT class with me. And she said to me, I've got um, a, a, you know, cont incontinence problem. And she said, I'm, I'm not allowed to run and I'm not allowed to do jacks. And then I went to say to her, well, I suggest that you don't, don't do burpees. And she says to me, oh, no, I can do burpees. I can do burpees, and I'm not allowed to do narrow squats, but I can do wide squats. Now, yeah, so my immediate thought was, oh, and of course, I'm not there to discourage her from exercising because I want her to stay. So my advice to her was, well, we probably won't be doing burpees in today's class and we won't be doing wide squats. So I actually, because it was an express class, believe it or not, I actually eliminated burpees from the class because I just felt that the information she gave me and where she got it from was incorrect. So my question to you right now is, 
But any trainers that are listening, if they're put in that position where an older woman comes to them and says, you know, I have this incontinence problem, I have this issue and this issue, and they're struggling to give the right advice when they're asked, what should I do? What's something quick and smart that that trainer can tell that woman so that that woman isn't going to have any issues in her class? Uh, that, that's a really great great question. And, um, yeah, I'm not one to say any one exercise is good or bad. It's not, you know, they all, all can be modified. So the, the biggest tip that I would say to that client is that, okay, whatever we're doing, I want you to keep one leg on the floor. So they're never going to jump with two legs, but they can just, if they keep one leg on the floor, they're still moving. Do you see what I mean? Yes. But only one leg can go out. So you're going to, you want immediately to reduce the impact. And then I would take some time after that class to um, find out where she got this information. Because sometimes, and you know this, things get lost in translation. I'm sure you told clients things and then you hear them repeat them and they're completely round the wrong way. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, but what, and just in terms of this, you know, you might think, well, is it within my scope of practice to to give advice? And I tell you, if you are promoting um, health literacy and health promotion, that is completely within your scope of practice. And what I mean by that was, you know, when you're just in that situation where it's a good class, you don't have time to you know, debunk or find out more at that time, I would just say to her, right, we're going to make sure I really want you to keep this one leg on the ground and very cautious, very, um, not cautious is the wrong word, very consistent with my cueing about breathing. So if it's a push-up, you're doing a push-up, you know, encourage the, the low impact, but exhale as you're pushing up from the ground. Um, you know, it's, it's very difficult always when you've got people coming in to a group situation to cater to them. But those are some really good tips. One, by keeping your foot on the ground, you're going to make sure that they're doing things at, at low impact and then exhaling with exertion and maybe even cueing the pelvic floor and connecting with the pelvic floor and having that part of your cueing. And then afterwards, I would follow that up. So where did you get this information from? You know, can, can we follow that together? Can I give you some resources? You know, fitness, so public floor first or the content foundation show have got an amazing amount of resources that are free, that are downloadable, or you can ring them up and I'll send them to you free of, free of charge. It also might be a really great opportunity to invite a women's health physiotherapist into the gym and have a, have a session and invite her and some other people and the other trainers in and get the conversation started about what is safe for them. Are wide leg squats safe? Are burpees safe? And the answer is always going to be, well, it's really hard to tell because things might change from day to day as well. So, but we want to be queuing all options and then maybe having this is a wonderful opportunity for everyone to learn more. Because that was my next question. How important do you think it is for gym owners to be running uh, not just women's health information nights but men's health information nights in their clubs? 
Well, I think that the fitness industry is a highly competitive industry. And if you are not addressing the needs of the people who attend your gym, and let's go back to, you know, 63% of our clients are women, 50% of those who have had children, and I'm throwing lots of statistics at you, but 85% of women have children, 50% of those have prolapsed, one-third of all those women have incontinence. Those are real issues. So if you're not addressing those issues or even attempting to, they're going to walk with their feet. They're not going to tell you why. They're just going to not come back. They're either going to remain inactive because it's all too hard or they're going to go somewhere that does offer something that caters to them. I think empathy plays a big role in women's health and I think it's really, really important that not just the personal trainers in the gym not just the club owners, but I also think it's important that the reception staff understand women's health as well. And I really struggle when, you know, people come into my club that have come from other clubs and I hear of the misinformation that they've been given and there's nothing, I think there's nothing sadder for a club owner to have someone that comes and joins your club that's already injured from being at another venue. And I just think that if we were educating, if club owners were taking the time to educate their trainers more, educate their reception staff more, uh, there would be less of these issues out there. And if they're not in a position to do so, like you said, you know, getting allied health professionals to come in and run you know, information nights for both women and men. I mean, there's no reason why, you know, you can't have a couple's information night um, and, and be speaking, ab- yeah, speaking about women's and men's health. I, I still think there's a lot of areas in, in both genders that are taboo. And I think as a fitness industry that goes out there and promotes, yes, let's let's get moving. Everybody needs to get exercising. We, we only seem to want to do it with fit and healthy people. We don't want to do it with people who have been disarmed by some sort of issue that, Probably, let's face it, the fitness industry may have caused that to start with because we didn't educate in the start. And this is this is this is why I think um, you know, Mish, I think it's really important not just for women trainers and women allied health professionals to be attending your summit. I think it's extremely important for men to be attending uh, your summit and learning more about women's health. What do you think about that? Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it when men come along to the session. I, I, I present TACs each year uh, in New Zealand and I often have a really good turnout of men and it's so lovely and they often come up to me and thank me because they say, you know, most of my clients are women and I've not been able to access this information anywhere else. It's just not available, but I know that I'm not serving my clients properly. Uh, I just know I'm not doing, um, you know, the best job that I can. So, uh, you know, if you train women, you need to have this information. The Women's Health and Fitness Summit is the place where you can get this information. How to assess dram, how to work with women's hormones, how to create a public or friendly group fitness class, how to bring kettlebells and do it safely for women. We have such a diversity of topics from uh, you know world leaders in each of these areas. How to do CrossFit and keep women safe. Women, whole people, women want to lift really heavy. Is it for us to say no? No, it's for us to say, how can we find a way in which you can do it? And 
that's what it's all about. And we have got some great sessions and absolutely men should be there. Anyone can serve women. Absolutely. So the one thing that one message that I really wanted to get across in today's podcast before we finish up is the Women's Health and Fitness Summit, it is open to women trainers of all ages. I don't want the young girls who have been trained as personal trainers between, you know, 18 to 23, 24, to think that disqualified from going along to your summit because for some of them, these experiences haven't occurred in their own lives. So they feel that um, they don't need to go. How important is it for our younger generation, you know, 18 to 25 to 26, that are just trained up as trainers to get along to the, the Women's Health and Fitness Summit? What a, what a great question, and it kind of leads back to something you said before. It's about empathy. You don't have to have experienced pregnancy or, or products or menopause to have empathy, but you can still have understanding. And, and with that, if you are a personal trainer who is dedicated to only training fit and healthy people and young people, then the pool of those people is very highly fought after. You're swimming in the red. The people who, like myself, who are um, nearing 50, I have more money, I have more time, and I have more, um, you know, I know my health is really of high value to me. They, they are such a great market to tap into, and I don't think that you need to be the same age as your client in order to make a difference. But you do need to have empathy and you do need to have understanding and skills in which to serve them. And it's okay, Michelle, for these for these guys to, to rock up and say, you know what, Mish, I did my course, but you know what, I really still don't understand, even though I'm a girl, the female body and how it works, I'm really here to learn. Go back to the basics of anatomy and physiology. I'm really here to learn the whole kit and caboodle. It, we need to give them permission to, to go to these educational experiences and to say, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, but I still really don't know a great deal and I need help and I need assistance. So do you agree that we need to give them permission to, to turn up to these events? Absolutely. And I think it's not their fault that they don't know. Like when I I came to fitness for my second career after I had my children, I trained myself to incontinence and trained myself to the verge of prolapse. And when I went to see a women's health physiotherapist and she told me this was what was, what was happening to me, I was a personal trainer working with women and I had no idea what prolapse was. I went home to my anatomy book. I called out all my information I had learned and pelvic floor was missing. It was missing from my anatomy. Then there was nothing about how to train postnatal women. I thought at that time that training postnatal women was like how you train women who haven't had children. It was only pregnancy that you had to kind of change things. So, you know, that's what has kind of turned that whole disastrous affair had a silver lining of me saying, well, this is just bloody rubbish and I'm not putting up with it. We need to do something about it because then I understood how big the problem was. But, yeah, it's, if they, it's not kind of their fault that it is missing, but it is now, it should be a big drive to find out the answers of how. 
Yeah, you're right. It's not their fault that they don't have the the correct information, not just for women's health, but for a lot of other areas that they're not trained in. But Mish, it is their responsibility to continue their education. And I think that the majority of personal trainers out there now that are coming out of the RTOs have to be honest with themselves and ask themselves, what do they really know? in regards to education and what do they know in order to train people outside of the ones that are fit and healthy. And I think the Women's Health yeah. and Fitness Summit is a great opportunity for not just female trainers but for men trainers. I think it's a great opportunity for all the personal trainers in our age group who may have got stuck in their old ways of doing things. I think it's a, because your summit is very personalised. So the message, another, message, another message that we have to get across is that when a trainer comes along to the summit, they aren't going to be one in 10,000 people attending the weekend. It's very personalised. They get the opportunity to speak to the speakers after the workshops. They get the opportunity to come and speak to you. You have um, people coming along to, to set up stands, so you've got vendors there. So I feel that the Women's Health and Fitness Summit is a very personalised event that could probably meet the needs of those that uh, maybe need that more one-on-one approach, do you think? Absolutely. And um, there is it's also a great place to connect with allied health professionals as well. So they, they're allied health professionals who don't have gyms or don't have practices, physical practices attached to their practice. And they are often, especially for, for women, that women clients coming to them and saying, where can I go? I want to work out what is safe. And they're often calling me, saying, Mish, where can I send this person? But one of the objectives is, wouldn't it be great if all the allied health professionals had a trusted relationship with fitness professionals? They want those people, but they want those people not because you rock up and say, you know, can, you know I work with women. They want to see that they are being educated, not just one course 10 years ago, but they are continually upskilling themselves. And as was pointed out, this, this education is missing. It's really hard to get, and this is the place where you can get it, where you can get it and where you can interact with those that can help build your greater support. So it's not only about you making a connection to service physiotherapists, but then you also have that connection of where can I send my clients when it's outside my service practice or I, I don't know what to do with them, you know, now. So with the, the summit, there's obviously ongoing support and education after the summit finishes? Well, what, as with events, what often happens is it's a good place to find out where the direction you're going to go. So who do I follow? What information is the best? You know, who's doing what in the industry? That's where you go and go and find out. You get a good taste of everybody and you might be particularly interested in CrossFit or, you know, lifting lifting heavy, in which case you might discover Anthony Lowe, find out and, and get to meet him, hang out with him and Robin Kerr and Hayley Shevner coming over from um, the States. You know, people who kind of work in that space, you get to connect with them and, and find out, oh, okay, this is kind of where my next 
where, where my journey is of, of learning, because aren't we always continually learning? Otherwise, how boring would our work be? True. Um, you know, so, so it's, you know, with all events, especially as you said, this is an intimate one. This is not an event where the trainers or the presenters turn up and then scuffle away. They love it. They're there all the time. They're learning from, they're getting to connect with and, and meet people from, you know, their, their, uh, peers and people that they really respect from around Australia and from around the world. So, yeah, it's, it's really quite a magical, um, event. So the event is the, um, at the end of October. So yeah. tell our listeners again the weekend of the event, where it's located, and just a little bit about the pre-events before the weekend, where they can get in touch with you, and what Facebook page they need to like. <laughs> okay, I'll try and remember all of them. You so will. The website, <laughs> the website is Women's Health and Fitness Summit, so three S's, all one word, .com .au. Um, The Facebook is the same, the Instagram is the same. Obviously, the Facebook page, you know, it's always touch and, touch and go whether you receive or see the post, but there is a group attached to it that you're welcome to join, uh, and that kind of gives all the news and updates first of all, so it's a great place to be, and, and, and that might include for, so we have some special promotions going on at the moment, so we have every day in September, um, we have 30 prizes in 30 days, and that means um, at about, around about 7 a.m., if you check out Instagram, there will be the prize of the day, and if you're first to buy your ticket on that day, then you win that prize, uh, and you pick it up when you come to come to the registration desk. Um, so if you not if you want to get a heads up on the next seven days of, of prizes, join the newsletter group because that comes out and shares it in advance. So that's a good thing to kind of get the inside scope on that. Um, there is also some great discounts for if you are registered with Fitness Australia and with FitRec. And also FitRec are offering for people to, if they come along and pay for their ticket to come to the event, they get 30% off their FitRec registration as well. So that's really great. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So the, the price of the event is $600, but with the... Discount for FitRec and for Fitness Australia, it goes down to 540 so $60 off. Now, I know money's always tight when you're thinking about booking tickets, but it does come with two full days and seven seats. And, yeah, and all your food is provided as well. And that's also networking drinks on your Saturday night. So it's pretty action-packed including a fantastic closing ceremony with disco yoga. So, Mel, dust off your <gasps> 80s gym gear. Oh, my God. I'll have to get my leopard skin G-string out for this. Oh, my God. Yes, please. That would be amazing. For everyone listening, you have to head along just to see Mel and her leopard, leopard skin G-string. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, the pre-summit, there are two. Anthony Lowe is doing one and it is all about uh, um, helping getting your female clients lifting heavy. I haven't said it very well what the real name is because the, the full name has just escaped me right at this point. 
Um, and the other one, the other pre-summit is with Jessica Drummond. She's coming over from the US. Her first time to uh, Australia, and she, as I talked about her before, absolutely leading in the space of um, hormones and how to address women who are menopausal and having some lifestyle and nutrition factors that can really impact on your clients. Um, and just one more thing, all the all the presenters, I've chosen them because they are they are all especially if they're physiotherapists or with um, Jessica who is has a doctorate in, in nutrition, they all create education for fitness professionals. So it is education that is pitched for us. Uh, you've probably been to physio things and they're kind of it's pictured physio or it's not not always take home for fitness where this is uh, you know it's, it's good information and education for fellow physios and um, exercise physiologists but also for fitness professionals there's something for everyone so the information about the pre-summit is on a tab on the website um, and the registration is all on the website so there's a, there's a burger up in the corner if you're looking on your phone and it has a drop down and you can see all the, the tabs for who's speaking, the timetable, the registration, the pre-summit. Or people can just get in touch with me. So my email is mish, M-I-S-H, at mishfit, M-I-S-H-F-I-T, dot com dot A-U, or message me through Facebook or, you know, however, Twitter, Instagram. You'll find me. Mish, it sounds like the Women's Health and Fitness Summit is the premier fitness event of 2017. I thank, thank you for you. your time this morning. And I know that I'll be seeing a lot of our listeners at your event in October. I'll be bringing my yeah. team down, which we need to remind listeners from clubs that you do have group bookings available also. So that's how yeah. we'll be coming down as a big group from our from our own club. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Women's health is something that we can talk about for hours and hours. And perhaps uh, after the event, we'll go into part two of the event. We can recap over all the amazing things that happened on the weekend. And uh, I know that we'll have some more added news to add to part two after the event. So thank you very much this morning, Mish. Thank you, Mel, so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for joining the Gym Owners Podcast, sponsored and supported by National Fitness Business Alliance and Gym Click Media. Find Mel Tempus on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Join us next time for the Gym Owners Podcast.